This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hi, I'm Hanif Baharuddin and this is Gigi Well Played, BFM's video game show. HBO's adaptation of Naughty Dog's The Last of Us was finally released today and so we've decided to look back at The Last of Us Part 2, the sequel to the series that was released almost three years ago at the height of the pandemic. But before that, here's a recap of some of the biggest news in the world of gaming with Ofnil Ting and Ali Johan. Thank you, Anif. We're back after many weeks of not having any gaming news. Let's head right into it. Fresh details regarding the new Riot Forge action game for PC and consoles from Riot Games have leaked online. The leak comes via the South Korean Games Rating Committee, which has recently rated the title for their local audiences. The game's title is Mage Seeker, the League of Legends story, and it covers the story of Silas's prisoner uprising from their punishment to becoming mages according to the listing. The narrative concerns a revolt organised to overthrow Demacia's king and abolish the oppressive hierarchy of the country. And uh, according to the classification, Riot Games' new Forge action game is appropriate for gamers aged 12 and over, and that is according to South Korea's Game Ratings Committee. Uh, the game involves constant fighting scenarios against both humans and non-humans, according to the justification given for this grade. And as a result, it is categorised for ages 12 and up, in accordance with Article 21 of the Game Industry Promotion Act and Article 7, subparagraph 2 of the Ratings Regulations. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Riot Forge is Riot Games' publishing division where they collaborate with a variety of other developers to produce games based on the League of Legends IP. This has resulted in the development of a number of single-player titles including Ruined King by Airship Syndicate, Hextech Mayhem by Choice Provisions and others. Moving on, up next, Skull and Bones has been delayed yet again according to Ubisoft. The game that will focus on high seas shenanigans in the golden age of piracy is now expected to be out sometime after April 1. Skull and Bones was supposed to be released on the 9th of March this year after initially being delayed from the 8th of November 2022, a date chosen after several earlier postponements dating back to fall 2018. Yeah, so this announcement also comes as part of a much larger update that revealed the struggles at Ubisoft and they've decided to drop three additional unannounced projects in order to focus on its existing brands and live services. In recent years, the gaming industry has turned towards mega brands and long-lasting titles that can reach gamers around the globe, spanning platforms and economic models according to uh, Ubisoft Update. And now uh, the company is trying to do the same with its own key IP, including Assassin's Creed, Far Cry, Ghost Recon, Rainbow Six and The Division during the last four years or so. Uh, but it hasn't paid off so far. The games announced during the investment phase of this strategy change have yet to come out and its uh, most recent titles have fallen short of expectations. That's right. Within a single fiscal year, the corporation cancelled seven major projects and there's nothing to show for it. It also lacks any significant live service games such as Apex Legends or GTA Online to keep the cash trucks running in between releases. Attempts on that front have included Ghost Recon Frontline Hyperscape and X Defiant, while the division Heartland, which is due out later this year, has already been almost totally forgotten. On a side note, Ubisoft reminded everyone that Assassin's Creed Mirage is going back to the game's roots, a smaller open world game as opposed to a massive open world RPG that the last three games has been doing because fans are 
longing for the smaller, more intimate games like the old games in the series. So yeah, I don't think things are getting any easier for Ubisoft, but they are big enough to turn things around, hopefully. And last but not least, Xbox and Bethesda will host a conference next Thursday, the 26th of January, and it's going to be called Developer Direct, and it's meant to give fans an intimate peek at some of the titles coming to Xbox, PC and Game Pass in the coming months. The Developer Direct will focus on big features, extended gameplay showcases and the latest info for Xbox games launching in the coming months including The Elder Scrolls Online, Forza Motorsport, Minecraft Legends and Redfall and uh, this will be presented by the game creators themselves from studios such as Arkane Austin, Mojang Studios, Turn 10 Studios and Zenimax Online Studios. Bethesda Studios' flagship title, Starfield, won't be there though and they're planning to have a separate showcase for it. That's right. The four main highlights on the upcoming show are The Elder Scrolls Online, Studio Director Matt Ferrer will unveil 2023's major chapter update, including the latest regions of Tamriel to become playable in the game, as well as a major new feature coming in the game's biggest update this year. The Developer Direct will be immediately followed by the full standalone ESO chapter reveal event hosted by Zenimax Online Studios, which will provide all the in-depth details ESO players will be keen to know. Forza Motorsport will also be making a return and the developers can't wait to share more gameplay and exciting new details. Yeah, Mojang Studios meanwhile will showcase an insider's look into the PvP multiplayer experience in Minecraft Legends, which is the upcoming action strategy game from the makers of Minecraft. And last but not least, we will also have information on Redfall with the conference set to reveal single and multiplayer gameplay, showing fans what they can expect if they want to learn more about combat, customization, the bosses, the open world and more. The show will be live-streamed online on Xbox and Bethesda's Twitch and YouTube channels around 4am Malaysian time on the 26th of January. Make sure you tune in to catch all these releases. That's all we have for this week's news. I'm off new thing together with Ali Johan. Back to you, Hanif. Thank you very much, Ali and Ofnil. After years of speculation and waiting, Naughty Dog's iconic video game series The Last of Us has now been adapted by HBO with its first episode releasing today on the 16th of January. To commemorate the release of this TV series, we're going to look back at the highly controversial sequel that was released almost three years ago, The Last of Us Part 2. What do we think of the game? Faisha Zwan Kohiri joined me to talk about it. Um, just a disclaimer, this review was actually recorded a few weeks after we finished the game in 2020 and therefore it sounded more contextual to that period and less reflective. We started the review by talking about the game's graphics. I think the graphics are fantastic, dude, because we're at the tail end of um, the generation, right? The, the mm. PS4 generation, the graphics is like so souped up. And it's, and what I, so like, and Naughty Dog has, have always been quite at the forefront of like graphics and stuff, right? Like the games have always looked really good, Uncharted 4, mm. you know, or even the previous generation, Last of Us, it's always looked really good. Mm. But I think what they got down really well was also the like animations, like the facial animations, especially. Yeah. Like the kind of minute expressions that that the characters were uh, had in the game, um, graphically was like quite amazing, lah. You know what I mean? Aside from like the majestic landscapes, the re- the really kind of like beautiful scenes and the 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 kind of like oh, at times like really dreadful 
uh, scenes, right, in the game, in the, at, the lo- in, at the locations of the game. Mm-hmm. But what I thought they did like insanely well was the kind of like the small little details that they did, you know. Yeah, um, I'm gonna touch a bit on the animation, but before that, just just to um, I guess emphasize a lot more on the graphics. Uh, I am pretty much quite impressed with the the lighting, mm. and you know how you know how you know in computer games, you know these days ray tracing is, is the buzzword to I guess to talk about how um, you know it's gonna be a game changer with regard to lighting, mm. right? Uh, mm. But you know. With the Last of Us Part Two, I I can't help but be very impressed with the lighting and how the lighting looks very realistic in that sense. Yeah. And also because because we uh, we play a lot in in areas where they have a lot of like grass, right? Uh, I mean, even the, the the grass looks very realistic in that sense. It's a the realistic looking kind of game. Like that's that's what they went for, and I think they just kind of like pulled it off. You mentioned Uncharted Four as uh, the previous example of. A very good-looking game on PS4, and I think the difference between Uncharted 4 and The Last of Us Part 2 is that I think, uh, in terms of the setting, obviously there are two different settings, right? The two different areas, but yeah. but but I'm quite impressed with how, uh, despite the world being quite bleak, uh, it's a post-apocalyptic world. Mm. They ma- they managed to still bring out the the I guess the realistic aspect, the realism, the realism of the world. Yeah. yeah so so yeah, it's just very amazing. And and coming back to the animation. Um, Unrivaled facial animation. Uh, funny because I, I I finished the game and then I started playing another game, and uh, well, it's, it's a bit of an older game, but the What, facial which, animation which is just is different, right? Come again? Which game is that? Um, it's Rise of the Tomb Raider. I mean, it was yeah. it's, it's free now on, <laughs> yep. on PS Plus, right? Yeah. So I played that. I mean, to be fair, okay, it was a bit of an older game. How, how, how were the physics for Rise of the Tomb Raider? Um, it's different, but I guess I guess maybe they are two different games. Obviously, when it comes to Rise of the Tomb Raiders, the immediate comparison that people will make will be, of course, to Uncharted, right? Yeah. So I can already feel that maybe mechanics-wise, physics-wise, they are two different games. Mm. Like uh, uh, Tomb Raider is trying to be a bit more. You have more control at, at uh, playing Tomb Raider because I think that's how they want to um, develop the game as such, right? Uh, whereas Uncharted. You know, typical of a Naughty Dog game, at least in this current generation, it has more of that Hollywood movie style yeah. approach. So yeah. even the characters, are, you know, you can't jump. There's no jump button. Although in The Last of Us, we do have a jump button. Yeah. Uh, but 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 in with Tomb Raider, it's a bit more of a straightforward. Like you can jump. You can you know, it's physics wise, it's a bit more geared to be an action game. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But, but coming back to The Last of Us, um, mm. yeah, um, animation top notch. Um, this game is very, very gory, um, very violent, and I guess the game didn't pull any. It the didn't, game hold, didn't. It didn't hold back. Yeah. In yeah, it didn't hold back in its all. realism, yeah. especially within with the kind of like subject matter that they were using. Like I think everything, yeah. everything kind of um, like everything they did, headed towards the purpose of what they wanted to do. Yep. Like yeah. Like because of the subject matter uh, was such, which I think is violence. I think so that therefore, like the graphics had to um, be specific to tell that tale, mm. right? So so that means that the the animations, like the details, were quite uh, like insanely necessary. Uh, is what <laughs> I think. How un unspoiler friendly do we want to be with this? 
we're gonna try and be as spoiler free as possible. Yeah. Only can we, because, can we um, mention well, killing dogs? The assumption is that this is for people out there who hasn't played the game yet. But but coming back to the animation, uh, yeah. and this links nicely to maybe the sound as well, right? The it's way, fantastic. You know, yeah. when you... I mean, not I'm not saying fantastic that you know that it's like violent or whatever, but like it's really well well done. For example, mm. like um, in video games, many times. Uh, when you play action video games, like um, they're very violent, you get to kill somebody, you get to shoot somebody in the face or whatever, but there's no feeling of consequence. Um, mm. But with this game, when you shoot somebody, when you shoot an enemy, like another NPC would shout out uh, his or her friend's name. Right? Yeah. So it's those kind of things, those kind of details that make it that make it stick with you. You know, each time you 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 murder a character. Yeah, and 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 that that's it is I guess intentional um, intentional game design to to as as part of the, as part of the design of the game, right? But at the same time, it it does make it realistic in the sense that of course, you know, when you're on patrol with a bunch of other soldiers, you do know their names, right? So yeah. shouting out somebody's name, yeah. you know, when you know your friend got, got shot, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's it's a very realistic thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Sound sound design of this game is fantastic. Um. I think. Um, did you play? Did you play on headphones? Because I. Because I think I think it adds another layer of kind of like experience if you play it on headphones. Oh no, I did. Uh, yeah, I on, yeah, just I think, my TV speaker. Yeah, yeah, because I think either if you have like a Dolby setup or whatever, because like I, I put on headphones and I think they have. Correct me if I'm wrong. Like, please edit this out if this is wrong information. But if I'm not mistaken, they have like like binaural um, audio. Uh, uh, recording so like as I was playing when I put headphones on because I didn't want to you know like spoil the game for the rest of the people who are living in the house who hadn't, hadn't played the game yet like I could hear like you know like faint footsteps at the back you know Ooh. and like okay. and you can you could hear like wind in the forward uh, you know like t- uh, to the forward of you so it really adds kind of like like total immersion I think if you play it if you play it with headphones on I, I, I need to try that I guess because I, I, I played it on your speaker again, so yeah. I, I, I think I lose out on the, all the nuances but even then the sound of the guns are fantastic the atmosphere um, especially they don't try very hard to I guess incorporate like very odd jarring um, sounds Sound right, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Background music is very on point, and I, I feel like you know, compared to the first Last of Us, the second Last of Us, unless, is unless, true. unless you don't like Pearl Jam, then you won't uh, like. We're gonna talk about that later. Yeah, Pearl Jam, man, Pearl Jam. Oh my god, and Aha as well. Take on me. Uh, yeah, that's a good one though. <laughs> yeah, Pearl Jam, not so, so much. That was Faiz Shazwan Kohiri and he joins me on the show as we look back at The Last of Us Part 2 that was released in 2020. We're going to make way for some messages. More after this. Stay tuned. This is Gigi Well Played on BFM 89.9. If I ever were to lose you I'd surely lose myself Everything I have found here I'm not found by myself Try and sometimes you'll succeed To make this pain of me All my stolen missing parts I've no need for anymore Cause I believe And I believe Cause I can see Our future days 
days of you and me. BFM 89.9 you listening to Gigi Wallet I'm your host Hanif Baharudin In conjunction with the release of HBO's The Last of Us TV series, we've decided to look back at The Last of Us Part 2 and give you our take of that highly controversial game. Faiz Hasan Kohiri joins me on the show and now we're going to look at the gameplay. This is similar to the to the previous game in the sense that it combines a bit of of stealth, a bit of action as well. I always thought that the first game as fun as it was, it was kind of like slightly clunky-ish, but I mean once you get used to it, you you get used to it and like I think the same applies with the second one. Obviously they added a little bit more um mechanics that I guess um sort of like uh, make the game better. Yeah, the, actually the gameplay is quite simple, right? It's it's you kind of yeah. like run around, you try to hide from your enemies. You know, they have like really simple mechanics. You can prone, you can jump, and you can shoot. But but what makes it what what makes the gameplay so um, engaging? I think is is the is the like battle sequences, I guess. Or like mm. when you when you begin to engage with an enemy, it gets whenever you whenever you start fighting somebody, it gets it feels really intense. Yeah, um, gameplay wise, it, it is a bit more polished, and and you're right. Uh, when it comes to firefights, uh, of course you can always you know choose to be stealthy, but um, firefights, um, the mechanics that they, they added include like uh, being able to go pro now, and also being being able to dodge, right? Which I think is 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 a good addition. Yes, the dodge. Especially when is, yeah. yeah, when you when you you're in melee combat with with, yeah. with your opponents, right? And especially um, especially because you need to conserve ammo in the game. Because it's a survival horror, right? So you won't, you yeah. don't have a lot of ammo. So sometimes you just try to go in melee, mm. and just just to save ammo, right? Yeah, just yeah. to save ammo, but just end up, you know, dying horribly. <laughs> one one thing about this game that I've okay, I'm not I'm not one of those gamers that start immediately on hard, right? But but so I I always play game on normal, or in this case, it's called moderate. Um, the AI, um, I first. Other people say that the AI on moderate can be quite dumb, but but you know for a casual gamer like me, I feel like the the AI can be quite challenging as well, and and especially the human enemies because when it comes to the human, uh, when it comes to fighting clickers or you know uh, the infected, there um, the, you know how to deal with them. I mean, as much as they are challenging and clickers are still annoying, even yeah. <laughs> in the second game, especially yeah. when you want to stealth kill them. Yeah. So sometimes I resort to just you know wasting. My ammo on them because otherwise, you know, I'll always feel like killing them stealth, uh, in, uh, using stealth. Yeah. But when it comes to human enemies, and I have to admit this during the earlier part of the game, where we we face a lot more human enemies, I run a lot instead of you know engaging because um, they tend to come in groups and they tend to flank you a lot. 
So again, um, and, and it adds to the intensity and the, um, I guess the, the feel of the game, right? The fact that you there is an option for you to run, and and there's nothing wrong with that. Of course, you can face these play, uh, these enemies head on, but running is an option, and <laughs> running is an option that, that I took a lot as well. That that's what I really like about the gameplay of the game as well, because it feels very fluid. Like mm. you can choose to be stealthy, and um, and but if you, for example, uh, uh, get found in the game you can just go on on a on a fire firefight or you can just like run and those transitions between those three st- stages in the game feel really organic yeah you there, know there while, is while playing fluid. that game so that's i think that they did that really well mm, so there is a certain fluidity to that yeah you're right in terms of transitioning between for example even when you're trying to you know sneak your way around and suddenly yeah they found you, you yeah. can, you know, engage in combat a bit yeah. and then run away. And, and then you have still have a bit of chance to to, to either, you know, engage again and hide or... Yeah. Or, and it feels or, or organic. It doesn't feel kind of like forced or anything like that. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And and the design of the environment, I think something that we have to also talk about. Um, in like the previous Naughty Dog games, um, Uncharted, and even the first Last of Us included, sometimes you can immediately tell that, oh, this is going to be a uh, fighting area, an area where you engage in combat because the level design was was designed as such, right? Yeah. Uh, in The Last of Us Part 2, yes, you can still see some de- levels or some areas having that design that is meant to be for combat. But um, what I like about how they design their level, uh, being a linear game especially, is that that uh, this time around, the situation looks a bit more realistic. So, so, so there is no like suddenly. Oh, there's there's a there's a convenient box or a convenient table put in the middle of the room to yeah. to to act as a cover for you, right? Yeah. So yeah. it doesn't feel it doesn't feel that way that much. It doesn't feel um, like formulated a little bit, lah. You know what I mean? Because mm, like yeah. like a lot of games are, it's like you can already see the formula of what you're supposed to do in this particular mm. level or whatever. But this one in this game, the gameplay, it, you can be an instinctive. You know, you can just mm-hmm. kind of like kind of like um, uh, you, you know be instinctive when you play the game you don't have to like yeah, yeah. And, and it's also so, so it surprises to... you when you play the game the game surprises you as you as you, as you play it yeah and, and it's not it's not sometimes it's not very obvious how you're supposed to tackle certain things yeah and, and this is why it's helpful to be a bit more mindful of your environment uh, not only horizontally but vertically as well and it's something that that I think some some games have uh, have not taken advantage of the fact that sometimes you have to also look up and down as well to to, to or behind to, you <laughs> to to I guess move your way around right yeah yeah just one more thing about the gameplay is that because because I played it one one round right in like moderate you know like the normal the medium setting whatever um, and and because like the pacing of the game is like so you fight a whole bunch there's a whole bunch of story that happens and then like you kind of like search and explore right like the mm-hmm. first go around like i didn't feel that the kind of like exploring and looking for uh for what is it called um uh like loot or uh and stuff uh tedious so much but when i played it a second time around like the whole kind of like looking for ammo or looking for bottles or looking for like cloth felt really tedious <laughs> if you play the game second second time around. At least yeah. that's how I felt, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think I, I know what you mean. Yeah, uh, speaking of pacing, let's let's talk about the story, uh, at least in a non-spoiler way. Talking away I don't know what I'm to say I'll 
you think of it uh, for me very interesting approach to the story I think it's very brave ambitious but uh, it's difficult to talk more about it without spoil spoiling it but uh, for me pacing is pretty much a big problem with this game story wise uh, you mean mm, mm. yeah for me the first part of the game and, and it's not not so much about exposition uh, for me I feel like the first part of the game they didn't do much With regard to furthering the story in the first part of the game, so you end up playing long sections of the game without any progress with the story, um, and then um, suddenly when you reach the second half of the game, suddenly the game picks up the pace, but picks up the pace in a very kind of like you know weird way uh, because it it decides to you know go on a tangent slightly, you know, go go on a different tangent and. And explore different things, you know. I'm, I'm trying to skirt around without spoiling the show. Yeah, it's really tricky. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 in the second part of the game, the pacing feels at least within the contained part of the of the second part of the game, the pacing feels much better. It feels more like the first game in the sense that there is a there is, you know, you play you play a chunk of gameplay moments, and mm. then there there is a story element to progress the story. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like they did that. In a in a much better way during the second half of the game. Mm. Um, during the first part of the game, uh, there weren't that much element, and I feel like sometimes you know you you end up spending or playing the whole level without any progress per se through the story. So so for me that that's kind of like a bit jarring, and also the mm. fact that mm. the game, as much as it's, I guess it's good that it's long. It is kind of like a bit too long. I feel. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they could have maybe cut. Um, maybe one scene out of out of the game. Uh, at least that's my mm-hmm. opinion. It would have been a, a much stronger game, but I can't speak about it um, uh, because if I do, it'll spoil the game. But like I think, like the main takeaway for me in terms of story, um, it is one of the most provocative stories in a game that's ever mm-hmm. been told. I reckon that's that's how I feel about The Last of Us Part Two. I think it's insanely mm-hmm. ambitious, and I think uh, no other game has. Um, reached the level of storytelling that The Last of Us 2 has. Mm, yeah, and, and I mean, I don't, want, I don't want to, you know, get into an argument, but but there is that, that, that provocative element. You would argue that sometimes that it transcends even even the video game genre, right? I think video game mm, medium, yeah, rather, yeah, yeah. Um, you could argue that even you know in movies, I've yeah, yet, no, I feel I haven't, mm, yeah, no, I haven't watched enough movies. I yeah, I, but, I I think I, I I relate to what you're trying to say. But correct me mm-hmm. if I'm wrong. Like I was, cons- because the game is, uh, uh, the game deals so much about violence. As I was playing the game, um, like I was trying to kind of like think of uh, any other maybe experience uh, that I've had 
uh, or like a, uh, um, I was considering different like um, mediums that tried to maybe talk about violence, and the closest thing could uh, are movies. And I don't think that even movies have told a tale about violence so so complex as The Last of Us Two has. Yeah, um, picking up on the point of you saying that it's a you know it's quite provocative. I, I agree with that, but at the same time, um, let's let's unpack that a bit more, right? A provocative is it provocative in the sense of provocative to the audience, like subverting expectations, which is the phrase that is commonly used to describe this game, and not in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, or is it provocative in, in its storytelling and stuff? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's I think it's kind of both a little bit. I think it's provocative in 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 kind of like possibly because they it's really hard to talk about it without spoilers but it, it, they, some decisions that they made in the story of the game uh, might alienate a lot of fans of the previous game mm. and it's provocative in that sense but also it's also provocative because the subject matter is very provocative mm. meaning like violence how revenge. Yeah, violence and revenge and how, how we as humans kind of kind of deal with that. Or at least the characters in the game kind of deal with that subject matter. Mm, yeah. Um Alienating, do you think that that you know this game is 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 how how do we how do we try to to you know if if no one has ever played The Last of Us and The Last of Us, and if, especially if let's say they are curious about The Last of Us Part Two, being a fan of the first game, mm. how would you describe it to them, right? If they they are not exposed to the world and they don't, you know, they are not aware of the leaks and whatnot, yeah. you know, they have not had the game spoiled to them. Yeah. How how would you manage so, their so, expectations? So so when I first played Last of Us, you know, Part One, I thought it was like it was one of my you know favorite games to play, right? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking like, oh, that and and and, the, and it, how it ended, I thought it was quite perfect. You know, I was like, oh, that's that's a great game. Like, it doesn't need a sequel or whatever. It doesn't, like a sequel, does, there's no reason for a sequel to exist. But because of the choice that they did in the second part, in the beginning of the second part of the game, it makes the second part of the game, uh, it gives the second part of the game a reason to exist. Mm. Because if, if that incident didn't happen, there's no point in telling a second part for Last of Us 2, for Last of Us. Yeah. Um, do you think that the game is is bleak, dark, depressing? Because because that's my it's takeaway. All, of the it's, game. it's all those all those words, and it wants to be bleak. It wants to be depressing. It, it, you know, it wants to be somber because that's that's the kind of thing. You know, that's the kind of thing that they're going for. Hmm. I remember the. I think the director of the game describing the game as not fun. Um. In, in fact. She said that you know, you know, we don't use the word fun to describe the game, and I think yeah. if that that's their aim, I think they definitely achieve it. Yes. and it's not the kind of bleak, depressing game that you know that you should avoid. I mean, mm. at least at least for me, I feel like you know it's one of those games where they need to um, you need you need to experience it. You need to experience yes. it. You need to give it a chance. You need to play it, mm. but don't expect it to be you know don't expect it to be like Avengers and game or you don't don't expect to be blown away you know and have fun because it the, the storytelling the, is definitely. Yeah. Different, right? The storytelling and the game makes you aware of of what you're doing in the game. Mm. Like it 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 really gives um, it really gives like um, the like the consequences that you do in the game. You really feel it. Yeah. 
And um, I think just just to wrap up, uh, I, I feel like, you know, as much as I personally like the game, but I feel like uh, they... And, and see, that that's the problem, right? Because we've been talking a lot about how they are one way or another trying to sort of like... You know, say something about the say something about you know the world or about you know the the world of the game. Mm. You know about you know the humanity and whatnot. For me, the difference between this game and the first game is that the first game did it in a more sophisticated manner, in a more elegant manner, in the sense that you don't. There were no moments, at least as far as I can remember, playing the first one. There were. The, I don't have any moment where I step back and try to question the decision of the developers. Whereas in this second game, I found myself, you know, stepping back from the game, from stepping back from the world of the game to sort of like reflect and this, you know, question some of the decisions that the you know developers made, mm. and, not, and not in a in a bad way, maybe in both good and or bad way. But mm. but I feel like the minute you take yourself out of that. The minute you you are able to see and question those things, mm. you are immediately taking yourself out of that 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 immersion, right? And and yeah. for me, that once 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 that happened, they sort of like uh, lose me a bit in the sense that mm. um, I, I've never had that with the first game. In fact, you yeah. know, I I while I it, the first are you is, are you saying that it breaks the fourth wall a little bit? Um, it tries to. It tries to make you um, aware that you're playing this game. I maybe maybe in a more not in not not in a direct way, but maybe in a more like much. I I can't help but wonder like mm, okay, interesting decision that you made uh, game mm. or this is, this is interesting decision that you made the uh, directors or writers. Mm. Um, why? Yeah. So 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 uh, so and, and I remember you know as I played the second part of the game, I was invested, but at the same time. I was asking myself and I was asking the game, what's the payoff here? Or, you know, how are we going to tie everything up? So, yeah. and, and I feel like the minute I'm asking those things, it takes away from the immersion and it makes the execution feels a bit less smooth, I feel. Yeah, and, and for me, uh, I know what they're trying to do and I think they sort of like achieve it. I eventually, upon seeing everything, upon finishing the game, I do see where they where. You know what what they're trying to say. I buy it, but at the same time, I recognize the fact that maybe because I've I've taken myself out of that 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 immersion, the, some of the decisions that they made uh, broke that those uh, I guess moments. I feel like they stumbled their way to it, which is which is you know maybe it's, it's a less elegant approach compared to the first one. But having said that, I I, I do feel like this game is, is a bit more profound than the first one. Yeah, I question the decisions of the creators to um, use a Pearl Jam song in the game. <laughs> Dude, I <laughs> but, thought it but, was a good. It was a good. It was a good song, man. It was a good song. It's a fantastic song. I'm just joking. Yeah. It's a nice song. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice song, and I feel like actually, <laughs> and a nice moment yeah, in the game as well. Nice moment, nice song, and without spoiling too much, it ties everything up. <laughs> but uh, yeah. regardless of what what I, I think we think the decisions of the creators were. I think it's a game that will stay with you for a bit, even after you finish playing the game. Yep, and that is true. I haven't gotten around to playing it again, but and I finished it like a couple of weeks ago, and I'm still thinking about the game. Mm. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah. so, so there is that lasting impression that will stick with you for a while. I think.
Yep. Um, okay, so last question uh, because it's a sequel. I Do you want to compare between the two? I, I I personally think it surpasses the sequel. I think it's a more ambitious game. It's a more risky game. Um, it's a more complex game, and it's not a an easy game to play. I mean, I'm not talking mechanic uh, like game mechanics, but uh, it's a it's a trickier or harder game to swallow, or harder uh, story to swallow from the first one. Mm. And um, I guess I I do have to say this. It is it it is a divisive game, you know. So so uh, for listeners out there who haven't for some reason haven't played The Last of Us yet, especially if you have played the first one, do give it a chance. But be warned that um, you know the game is not an easy game to play, and and we mean that in a you know in more ways, more ways than one. Yeah. Uh, but do give the game a chance, uh, and, and you know finish it and let us know what you think. Yeah. Thank you very much, Faik. Hey, no problem, Anif. Thank you. You're tuned in to GG Well Played and that was our look back at The Last of Us Part 2 done in conjunction with the release of HBO's The Last of Us. The other voice that you heard there belongs to Faik Shazwan Kuhiri. If you'd like to listen to this episode again, look for the podcast on pfm.my, our app available on the Apple App Store or Google Play. You can also find this show on Spotify. Do share your thoughts and the games that you play via our email ggwp at bfm.my. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at bfmradio. My name is Anif Baharudin. Thanks for joining us. Game on and please take care. Have a happy channel. Chinese New Year, this has been GG Well Played. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.